stop the presses. Forget suggestions. He's not impressed with. So stop the presses. Stop the presses. This is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Hey everybody, it's Dale Jr. back again for another episode of the Dale Jr. Download. We've got guest Chase Elliott with us. Mm-hmm. They like to call him Clyde. They do? Clyde. That's his Clyde. Name. That's yeah, his you name. never seen that? No. His name is Clyde. His real name is Clyde. I did not know that. Which I don't so know awesome. why he doesn't go by that, because that's way that's so cool. cooler than Hell. Chase. Clyde Elliott would be a great name. That's uh, a great racing name. Yeah, it is. Oh. Alabama's Mike Davis is here. Long Island's <laughs> Matthew Dillner. Illinois. Thank you for saying Illinois and not Illinois. Illinois is represented by Leopold. We will get right to it. So, um, we got to revisit a question we had last week. We could not answer. What is that? We got a real broad question in our uh, Ask Junior, and sometimes those are tough. Funniest thing you've ever seen at a track? Uh, We went to social media to help us answer this question. So, Leah. I am sending Take us down this road. (laughs) I'm so eager to go. (laughs) We actually, we got a lot of responses. Um, The first one that came in was from Chicagoland in 2004 when the orange, inflatable orange got loose. Uh, That was a good one. Todd Zegedy almost whaled that thing. Driving for Nemco, I believe. Oh, the the, the wind caught it and, and sent it down the and front straight. S- this wasn't a beach it. ball, man. That thing no, was, was like yeah. it was huge. I remember that. Um, and then we had a couple others, you know, the usual, you know, fans climbing fences, things like that. Oh, Maybe. the fan that climbed the fence at Richmond and set up one. there for many, many laps. That guy was in turn four, causing a caution. Yep. yep. Somebody, uh, Scott Clark, tweeted us that one. Um. Gail chimed in. She said, Brad Keselowski calling Kyle Busch an ass in intros was pretty funny. That was pretty funny. Uh, The fire extinguisher guy on Alex Bowman's burnt car at New Hampshire. Very good. (laughs) That's a good one. That's probably one of my favorite gifts. (laughs) (laughs) He tripped and fell before he got to the car. The fire extinguisher went off. I don't remember this. Oh, hold on. It's great. You've got to look at this. I have video of it. There's Alex burning race car. He's climbing out. (laughs) He's frustrated. Long day, long life. Like he's throwing his hands up in there. Like what? What? What could happen to me next? Now he's thinking. Let's put this fire out, guys. Here they come. Here they come. Here comes the brigade. Hey! Watch out! He's still the fire station went off. Uh, <laughs> I didn't remember that. And then Alex hysterical. throws his hands up. For so funny. And he just walks out of frame. Which that's is perfect. That's good. Yeah. It's almost like this was like. That's good. This was that looked like Cue a the truck that hit its that mark. looked like a choreographed scene to a comedy like Talladega Nights Two. Yeah. Keystone right. Cops. It's like a Charlie Chaplin movie. Yeah. Or something. yeah. yeah. <laughs> You could almost see it coming too. Like he was never like he didn't have steady feet. As soon as he hopped out of there, yeah. he just you saw it coming. Uh, we had a lot of people talk about different animals that have been on track. Yep. Um, you know, Chasing we've seen them. fox. Yeah, jumped over the wall. And there's a dog. I don't. Know, there was all kinds. I looked it up on YouTube. Did y'all think of any? Nope. I got a list. Oh. Oh, you made a list. A list. Oh my gosh. A I put list. a little thought. Oh to my it. gosh. I mean, I just put. I had to put a little thought to it because it's hard to do that right on the spot on YouTube live. Yeah. You know. Um. Some of these are not public knowledge. A few that are. Oh, Uh-oh. I've got. Uh, Be worried, Dell. The time DW farted in the booth. <laughs> Allegedly, you totally did. <laughs> that that was funny. Yeah, he really farted. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Maybe it was Mike Joy, but 
called DW. <laughs> it was one of the. Fall. You know that's a, that's he a good point. We don't know for a fact that it, it was, was DW. Old, it was an old man fart. <laughs> <laughs> so it could have been either one of them. Yeah. So it was Airy. Okay. Damn. <laughs> the time Tim Richmond showed his dingaling in the Winston All Star photo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that was that's. I mean, after all these years, it's still it's, it's still, funny. It's still to funny. A, funny to a select group of folks. Yeah, probably not the ones that were there. <laughs> not no, the guy Bobby that, Allison not, was laughing though. Not, you look not at Neil him. Bonnet who that had the dangling right. next to his head. <laughs> <laughs> Does that not disturb anybody? Yeah, no, no. I mean, they, that's right. None of these would be funny for some people, right? Yeah. I mean, if D.W. farting in the booth, I mean, it's probably not funny to Jeff Gordon. I don't know. I no. mean, who knows? Yeah. All right, here we go. Let's see here. The time we were heading to an airport after an appearance in New York, and Dale Jr. asked the driver to pull over on a busy interstate hey, huh? so he could hop the guardrail and take a <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it was, boy. It was, you know, you have those moments where it's now or never. <laughs> it was now or never. He said, stop this car right now. We had a media reporter with us. We had Wright Thompson, who's just skyrocketed in uh, his popularity yeah. as a writer. Is that his lead? He wanted it to be, but uh, I think we asked him not to. Please, please don't do that. Yeah. But uh, he had been following us. We went to John Stewart Daily Show that day, mm-hmm. and then we did a Budweiser appearance with Arturo Gotti. We were heading to the airport, and Dale Jr.'s like, "Pull over." The best part was, and I just I'm trying to explain this visual here. The best part was when he came popping out of the woods with no shirt on. Well, Dale, oh, what do you use- think? No, of- no, no, no. I mean, I, you don't have to explain yourself. Yeah. I, it's, I appreciate that, but the fact is, it was funny. <laughs> Seeing him with no shirt on, getting into this airplane with no shirt on. The pilot's looking like, what the hell y'all got? What the hell y'all done? That was some appearance. What kind of appearance is that? Dale Jr., you'll remember this one. The time we were taking a private tour of Graceland, I had to send a couple text messages. Oh, I remember this. I had to send a couple text messages. This didn't happen at the track. No, no, this wasn't at the track. You're right. Yeah, but yeah, still great. I had to send funny, a couple funny stuff. text messages from my phone, and I just very simply needed a place to sit. Yeah, mm-hmm. all right. So he crawl, he steps over a velvet rope and <laughs> sits on Elvis's couch that hadn't been set on in thirty years. <laughs> since, the, Elvis, since Elvis, since Elvis, Elvis was alive. What? So we're standing in the living room, and we're there's a small narrow space for us to walk and and take the tour. And there's a velvet rope, and then there's Elvis's living room, and you're just able to look at it. And Mike just was on the phone. He just kind of stepped through that rope and sat down on the couch. And the lady comes in there and goes, get up, get up, get, get up. Get up! Freaking out. She's she like, was freaking no out. one has sat on that couch since Elvis was here. <laughs> <laughs> and now Mike Davis. The lady, this is a very important phone call. <laughs> oh, that's good. It was comfortable. I ain't going to lie. Elvis, could, Elvis had some couches now, and I can attest to that. Uh, and then lastly... This is back at the racetrack. That time Dale Earnhardt told Richard Childress, under caution, I'm going to be off the radio for a while. The next time you saw the car rolling by, there he was, Dale F. Earnhardt, sitting outside the window cleaning off his windshield. I love that clip to this day. (laughs) It is still badass. That's how... We um, complain about track position or how tra- how important, you know, pe- fans would be like, oh, track position, that's all I hear about, track position. Well, there you go. It was important back then. <laughs> yeah. He didn't want to come down pit road and give up the track position. That's right. There were some honorable mentions, by the way. Uh-oh. Yeah. I, you know, that, the funniest fight is ever John West Townley and, uh, <laughs> yes. and Spencer yes. Gallagher. That was a good yes. one. Yes. 
That was Rolling hysterical. Rolling around. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. That was, but it didn't make my list of five. Le- Leah, got anything? Um, That's a great list, Mike. You know, just, I feel like a lot of the funny, like, obviously just NHRA for me, a lot of the funny things that I've seen cameras don't catch, like, you know, guys getting, you know, kind of stuck in Porta Johns. Like, I saw John Forrest going to Porta John once, and somebody, I don't even remember who it was, rode up on a scooter and just parked the scooter in front of this Porta <laughs> John <laughs> couldn't get out. Like, That's funny. Just stuff like that, you yeah. know, just little pranks in the, in the pits. Do you guys know, uh, f- uh, I mean, fat boy, Donnie, um, I think his last name's Etling. Donnie Etling. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. His nickname's Fat Boy. Everybody calls him Fat yeah. Boy. Uh, he was in a Porta John at Dover, and TJ went and started shaking it really bad. And it was the, that Porta John right by that crossover bridge. Yeah, yeah. But oh, Donnie. Like, oh. You could hear him screaming in it. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's That, that happened to uh, Teddy Christopher, the late Teddy Christopher. Uh, he wrecked the crap out of Bruce D'Alessandro in Speed Weeks one day, like, sent him to the hospital. The next day, I believe it was at the track, I remember. Teddy was in the uh, Porter John, and his uh, Del Sanders crew came over and tipped the Porter John over with him in it. And the door was facing up, and it looked like a spaceman coming out of the of, out of the capsule because the the door opened up, and here comes a crap covered yeah. modified racer. Ugh. Hey, if we're talking Porter Johns, I mean that that race you had with Brad Keselowski during the red flag at Daytona is pretty funny. <laughs> oh yeah, remember That's that one? one? Yeah, yeah. Anything? I don't know. Anything else we got on that? Why does everything have to do with like Porter Johns and people? They're funny. Know? It's like it's like an it's, easy prank. There's my Henry Benfield story when he locked the uh, yeah. all the Porter Johns. Yeah, yeah after... I had a producer crap his pants one day right before the race. Gosh, <laughs> that's not good. Is that one of those stories where you're like, I have this friend that did it, but it's really you? <laughs> oh, no, I promise. <laughs> have, has, every, has, uh, has everybody at one point in their lives between the four of us <laughs> their pants? <laughs> you never have, Leah. As an adult. I mean, when I was a kid. No, adult. not as an adult. When I'm talking, well, well beyond, be diaper, past di- beyond diapers. Oh, no. I'm, did you, I'm sure so. there has been. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God. I don't know. Twice. holding up. I think we talked Twice. about this, but maybe we haven't. Yeah, we shouldn't. I think I did last time when I was about 12 years old. That was the last time? Yeah. I remember it like it was yesterday. Really? I don't know that that was the last time. I, I've got a memory. Oh! Do you remember <laughs> at Watkins Glen, was this you shitting your pants or pissing? Because at Watkins Glen, you just finished an Xfinity race, and you said... On the radio, Mike, come meet me at the car. And I go to the car, and you said, get me the golf cart. I had to, had to poop. Oh. Oh. It was one of them New York interstate incidents. Yeah. Yes. I got you. Have you crapped yourself as an adult, though? Like, you remember? like Me? As an adult adult. I don't know. Um, I think I did one time coming home from vacation. (laughs) 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 It was a long time ago. It was probably 96. Eight ninety nine or something. I was out partying, raising hell for a couple for a couple days with some friends, and we were driving home. And I, I was, it was one of them things. Pull over now. We got to go. Pull over now, and we didn't get in there quick enough. <laughs> TMI. I don't feel comfortable asking yeah. Leah. I don't think I have. She said she hasn't. Yeah. She, hasn't. she wouldn't tell. She, Mike she wouldn't tell us if she, she did. Would. Look, uh, wouldn't, it be, wouldn't it be? Wouldn't well, I, I sure. I'm sure I have. I mean, but I don't remember. Oh, you don't remember? Well, I, I mean, it'd have been a long time it's ago. Scarring. Wouldn't it have been? Did <laughs> <laughs> you not remember? It, it stains you forever. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't it have been funny if the three of us had not had one, but Leah was the only one that remembers? This is enough of this. All right, let's move on. You started it. Let's go. Let's move on. All right. <laughs> no better way to open the Chase Elliott's uh, episode. Than talking. <laughs> Every I piece farted. of that gets I, in the TV I show. I should have said I farted in the booth. 
Did you? Did yeah, you? Oh yeah. I've slipped some out. <laughs> Not during a race, I don't believe. Not Maybe I've had. Yeah, sure. I well, probably have during a does race. Does it matter? Uh, uh, <laughs> if you can't hear it, it didn't happen. I'll it, tell you the fun. Uh, this this can go on the show. Doesn't have to go on the show. Doesn't really matter. I have so done it. Will we're all in the booth and we all have our headphones on, right? Yeah. And we're it's before the race, so there's nothing happening there. Everybody's just kind of sitting and waiting, biding their time. There's probably it's me. I don't think Burton was in there yet. Whoever was in the booth with me, and a couple other NBC folks working that are you know hanging out and and uh, you know I had I had I had to fart and I slid one out and I'm like man you know what I don't even know if that one made any noise or not it could have been loud as hell because I've had my headphones on and so I, not everybody no one else in there has headphones on and I'm thinking they either all heard that. And or they didn't, right? And now I I turn around and I'm like, huh? No, I'm looking for a smirk or a laugh. It's all it's nothing. And no, I just couldn't. I, so I still don't know to this day whether I offended the hell out of those people. Isn't there a way to talk to uh, people without everyone hearing it? So you know if they heard it, did y'all like you know? Hey Marv, did y'all hear that? Right. <laughs> Dale just ripped one, right? Dale but Dale fart. would never know it, right? They could talk about behind your back, back, basically. Dale puts his headphones on and forgets that farts, yeah. <laughs> forgets that farts make noises. Forgets that he's not in his living room. <laughs> hey, nobody can ever accuse him of not being comfortable in the booth, right? Oh, yeah, oh. there you go. Seriously. He's just right. He's right at home in the booth. Yeah, that's that the headline. Was, I, I learned a good lesson that day. I was like, man, never, don't <laughs> don't assume <laughs> don't assume that it's not going to make any noise. We're not the first to say it. Sometimes we need a vacation from our vacation. We do. Mm. Delayed flights, mm. hotel snafus, chatty travel companions. I've seen some of those. Yeah, you know Matthew's one of them. Get away for two minutes. Twice a day with Quip. Their wireless electric toothbrush is lightweight and compact, so it packs away easily in your tote. Who, who calls it that? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Freaking tote. Who calls it that? I know. Tote? Is that their Did, you, did you guys pack a tote to New Hampshire? That's like a girl thing. A tote, yeah. Girls tote. Well, girls listen to the show. Well, it can okay. go in your carry-on. You don't like the word tote. <laughs> when you're overstuffing your luggage... It happens to all of us, man. I mean, I always set my bag up there and hope it's over or not over uh, fifty yeah. pounds. Right. I mean, I've I've been over. Yeah. Oh, pay the right, extra yeah. bucks. Overpacked. Yeah, yeah. You pay the extra bucks, and then then you go way down the line of priority. Sometimes you come on the li- you come on the next plane. Mm-hmm. You know when that bag is heavy. Mm-hmm. Plus the timed sonic vibrations that the Quip has gives you a meditative break from that jam-packed itinerary. You Even didn't. if it's just between moving from the hammock <laughs> over to the pool chair, which is always... That's what I always do. It's a tough part of the day. Always yeah. tough. Yeah. When it's finally time to go home, keep staycationing with a fresh and simple health routine. There's two great points to make here, guys. Number one, sensitive sonic vibrations for an effective clean that's gentle on your sensitive gums. Don't you talk about my gums. Though. Why? People brush too hard. And some electronic toothbrushes... They're too abrasive. I heard that. All right, number two, <laughs> refreshing brush heads. Quip brush heads are automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5. A friendly reminder when it's time for a refresh. 
and to stay committed to your oral health. Why? 75 of us use old worn out bristles that are ineffective. 75%. 75%, 75% sorry. This is all true, you know. I, I know that we're reading the ad here, but I got a buddy of mine named Billy. And boy, does he brush hard. You should see his toothbrush. It's oh. destroyed. It and like he you're... keeps using it. I don't get that. Yeah. Um, and the, uh, yes, I mean, you know, you brush too hard. Oh, I know I have a relative that brushed so vigorously they've they've worn the enamel down on their, you know, their, their doctor's like, hey, man, calm down. Dentist, <laughs> really? Back it down? Yeah, the dentist is like, hey, uh, you're brushing too hard and you're wearing the enamel off your teeth. Mm. Anyhow. I don't even know that's possible. All right, so, you know, get the Quip. Going to alleviate all those issues. I like my Quip because it's convenient. I travel a lot. It's easy to travel with. My dentist recommends that I use an electronic toothbrush over the standard old school toothbrush I used all my life. They say it cleans better. I trust my dentist. Uh, They're the one that's got to take care of them teeth when they're not doing so great. So they don't want to do all that work, right? So I trust what they're saying. That's why I love Quip and why I'm taking it on the road with me as we travel across the country with NASCAR on NBC. That was a hell of a good read, dude. Dude. Great uh, job. It's, wait, it's Paul we, Menard we got a little left. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com slash Junior right now, you can get your first refill pack for free. That's your first refill pack for free at G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash Dale Jr. Hi, I'm Dylan Hart Jr. Do Time Off is a campaign by Mountain Dew. They want to empower people to do what they love, and they help remove those barriers that get in the way of their passion. Do the And Thanks to Mountain Dew, I'm going to give some employees DTO, which is Do Time Off. And to make it even more special, Mountain Dew is going to give them $1,000 cash. Do the do. And as we become accustomed to see, the red and white number nine of Bill Elliott is the leader. Picking up the race here this afternoon, coming overcoming almost two laps down early this afternoon and coming back to win. He just needs to do seven turns perfectly at Watkins Glen to grab his first career win. Still comes zipping down and continues to pull away, and the fans are cheering him. Chase Elliott almost home free, Trent wide in the corner. The crowd roars. They're going to see Bill Elliott is racing into the record book. Bill Elliott is going for immortality. Chase Elliott in the house. Mm. So, Chase, you brought some something. What you got? Some <laughs> well, drink. Yeah, I brought. I don't even know what stuff. you call it. Yeah, so Hooter Spirits is what you call all this. Right. So have you they, had any? Whoa! Of this? I have not. This is brand new. Now, okay, you're seeing the first bottle ever. Really? So whoa. there's some gin. Gin. That's Look gin. Okay. Here's some dark rum. If you're really dark feeling, rum, you know, feeling yourself. Yep. <laughs> Man, this is American drink. straight whiskey. Oh my! Right here, yep. we got rum. They make it all. And if you really want to party, you know, and watch yeah. your figure, there's some vodka. Okay, experience oh. vodka. You just went like to Russia. Um, sure did. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And you brought so, back some Hooter spirits. You did. Yep. You've not had any of this. I've not. This is this is right off the line. Actually, yeah. just just got it. Yep. Awesome. Well, when does the taste test happen? 
Well, the taste test can happen whenever you want. Unfortunately, I have to fly home, so yeah. not for me today. But uh, <laughs> they are sponsoring our car at the Bristol Night Race, which is pretty cool. So Hooter Spirits coming out this fall, uh, be it Hooters and some other places, uh, retail stores. So, yeah, cool of them to come on board, and, yeah, it'd be good to which, ha- have a reason to drink it How has the Hooters sponsorship been to you? I feel like it's been pretty good. I mean, it's been uh, – I mean, obviously, I've probably had worse partners over the years, but no, they've, you know, it, it's been uh, just an easy, you know, partner to have. Yeah. I mean, they've been easy to work with, but yeah. really the people there um, and doing the stuff with them, they're really easy to work with. Yeah. And even if it wasn't Hooters and, you know, the pretty girls and everything weren't there, it'd still be a good partner to have with how they operate. So they have been in the sport in and out a long time. Right. Yeah, for and sure. So does their history in NASCAR ever come up in conversation, or does that influence the sponsorship or the relationship, or does that ever – because I'm, I'm an old-school guy. I like the history and stuff, so I was wondering if that pops yeah. up and you know, you're doing any Hooter throwbacks or anything like that. I, I wish. It'd be cool to do that around Darlington. That's Napa's race yeah. each year, you know, so um, that'd be a cool deal to do an Allen Quickie throwback. Mm. But uh, Maybe one day. I always thought it'd be really cool to win a race in their car and do a – Polish victory oh, lap. There you, you know, go. I thought that Heck would be yeah. neat, so. Will you have? Will you remember if you win? Because when I win, I sort of black out. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I probably won't. Like um, all your all your plans just sort of go out the window. Yeah. But hey, it sounds good right now. Yeah. At least. So, uh, do you have your throwback? I uh, do have a throwback. Have you it's, announced it? Uh, we have. You yeah. Did? Yeah. Okay. You haven't seen I it. I probably have. Oh, we know. We just wondering if you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of my dad's old cars. Yeah. Uh, one of the one of the first ones he ever ran, actually. So it's on. Uh, you can look at it on. My oh, is it the uh, the Let's one that off. bought from Penske? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I yep. saw it. I saw it. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So you know, what year were you born? Ninety five. Ninety five. So jeez. Oh, yeah. So his dad's career is already two decades. Yeah. How do you connect? How do you connect? Learn. Uh, understand the part that part of your dad's career yeah that's a, obviously a tough thing because you know he won his championship in 88 yep. you know and, and they were uh do you watch old races I, I watched old races some you know ask I, tons of questions i asked some questions but i feel like a lot of it to me my favorite thing to do is just listen to stories you know from from my dad and uncle arnie or uncle dan or how often yeah, how often are those uncles around because those um to, for the people listening um your dad's brothers and him, yeah, they were a team. They were where yeah, where where, where one was, the other two were. And sure. they raced together when and and they built their dynasty together. So they know everything. They were there for everything. So um, some of the some some of the cool. So you get most of your history lessons from those guys. Yeah, I mean, I just like listening to the stories. You know, like the to me, the best stories. Come They're out. around all the time. I saw, I actually saw uh, Uncle Dan when I was leaving this morning. He was out mowing grass down down at the uh, at the runway, and I was, <laughs> I was, I was, ta- I was literally he? at the taxiway to taxi out on the runway, and he's driving by on a tractor. Is this Dan Elliott Airport or? Pretty much. Yeah. My, yeah. That's does he manage the airport? <laughs> no. We, haven't you everybody seen this airstrip? No. You haven't yeah. seen this Elliott airstrip? No. Yeah. Is it a pro- private? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know you're a baller yeah, when you got dang. your own airstrip. You I don't. Uh, <laughs> not me. I just I'm, I just get to use is it. Is it grass? So. No, it's paved. Y'all paved it? How long it is paved it? it uh, Five thousand feet. That's nice. Down, uh, I mean, heck, it's been paved since like early nineties. Yeah. I think. Okay. Yep. 
So you're you're uh, what Ernie? What's he doing? He has been uh, also uh, mowing grass a little bit. Um, <laughs> Are they just all retired? That was they don't retire really yeah. Is that what I got to look forward to in a couple years? Just mowing. You. It's gonna be I'm you. Gonna get my bush hog. <laughs> no, he's been mowing grass and and uh, you know honestly still does work around the shop. You know up there, I think he still tinkers with a couple motors here and there. Uh, Dad's got a couple projects there he works on, so they all kind of do their things. And what kind of projects? What does your dad do? Well, I, I wanted to ask you that because your dad, um, when when I got to know you a little bit more when he's driving for us at Junior Motorsports and then went in the Cup Series, I was surprised to find out how active your dad was. Yeah, skiing and motorbikes and and All the time. little racing here and there. Still drives sports cars with Ray Everham for whatever reason. Uh, I, mean, I know he's <laughs> yeah. I know he's having fun. He even drive <laughs> drove a uh, throwback like one of his old cars. He owns yeah. it. So I mean, your dad is busy. He, that's his favorite thing is to be busy. Uh, he, he just likes, you know, he just honestly likes to work. I don't know if I've ever met anybody that likes to work more than him. Yeah. And he, uh, he just likes to have projects. You know, he still flies a lot, um, you know. And then is he building hot rods or? Not really. Um, he, he's restoring. So his old cup car uh, that he won his very first race in, he uh, found it. The, and, big, the big Ford? Uh, Square Ford? Yep. Yeah. So. What it, he'd have to give you the, the yeah, story, yeah, yeah. but he won his first race at Riverside. Uh, and whoever he bought that car from, I forget uh, the, the, the story, but the chassis was painted green. And uh, when he won his race at Riverside, there's a photo in the shop at home that you can see the chip, you can see the chassis chipped, and you can see the green yeah. up underneath where they painted it. And he had that car, that car turned into a show car. So he's cut the body off of it. It turned into like a eight, maybe an '88 show car or something mm-hmm. around there, and then uh, he's going to rebody it to his first mm. wing car and wants to. Those kinda, are amazing projects. So are you sure. digging that? Are you into that? I think it's really cool, and he uh, he's been pretty passionate about it. And I think now um, he started that project. I don't know, probably about a year ago. It was before Watkins Glen last year. So um, after. After Watkins Glen happened, I think he really got motivated to want to get that car done because we could both display our first win cars, which were both road course cars. So yeah, that's oh, kind of cool. something we want so to do. So do you down have road. your win car? I don't. Uh, you going to figure out a way to get it? Yes. So so the <laughs> boss the boss says I can have it. Um, so it's yours. It's at, just his right now. At some point down the road, but it's it's a it's a Hendrick right now. Yeah. So uh, maybe. Well, when, they need it. They need to show it yeah. off. Yeah. I mean, I'm in no rush to get it, right. but I think it's really cool that it's there as it should be. It's his right. car, so. Um, but at some point down the road, maybe when dad finishes his project, we can, you know, display them both around home. Yeah, that'll be pretty cool. I got, uh, into, I collected a couple of dad's cars recently and, um, got into restoring them. Uh, I also found a Bud Moore 1980 Mercury that Bobby Allison drove. He finished, he, he won the July Daytona race with it and he finished second to Daytona 500 in 1980 with it. And, uh, I've just bought it. I think I saw you. Did you post something about it? Yeah, yeah oh, I think every I saw day. That. And uh, <laughs> well, I'm not. Sh- it's, I'm not into the restoring. I want it. I want the car. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I got it, but it's going to be expensive. And that's the only, yeah. that's the only bad part about it because it's it's not no cheap. parts are hard to find, and they have yeah. to make parts for. Yeah. They just don't make that stuff anymore. I know. I'm hung up right now on this old Monte Carlo that I have, and my dad's trying to put the brakes on it because I got to find seal kits for these old calipers. Good luck. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know how that's going to work out. So. You moved back to Dawsonville, um, and I was asking you about this back when you did this. 
Why? Yeah. <laughs> so you, you're racing for your family, and you're racing late models, super late models, out of your dad's shop down there in Dawsonville. You're living in Dawsonville. You're a young kid. You belong at home. You get a job racing at Junior Motorsports. You, you end up moving up here in an apartment, and then you decided that you didn't want to live here. Yeah. You wanted to move back to Georgia. So what is it? Why? What is it about? <laughs> I know. I mean, he's always giving me such a hard time about this. Yeah. Because um, like we all wonder this thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, home, I, uh, home's home, and and I think that that part for me is always uh, I've always taken a lot of pride in that. I always took a lot of pride into and how we short track raced, and even going further back than that, how Dad and his family went about racing. They always kind of did their own thing. Now, granted, I could never do this by myself or without being aligned up here, uh, but I just take pride in that. I like living at home. Um, I like to fly, and to me, that gives me a way to get back and forth. I mean, I can fly up here just about as fast as you could drive to to Hendrick from from your house. Yes. You know, so it's uh, you know logistically it works out, and you know keeps me close to home, which is my family just has a lot invested around Dawsonville with. with you know, our shop buildings are, you know, they have offices and the, the airport and the hangars and all that stuff. So I feel like uh, I feel like I owe something to, to all that. And that's where I want to be. So I like it there. And um, but I, I just do? like being a part yeah, of it. Yeah, what do you enjoy? What, what do you enjoy about your hometown? Just that it's home. I mean, heck, I don't know. I mean, what, does what anybody... do you do? Where do you eat? Where do... Your, what's your favorite place to eat? My favorite places to eat. There's a uh, and there's all kinds of places to eat around home. That's tough. Isn't there really? like a non-franchise <laughs> though? Like, a, is there a local mom and pops place? Yeah, there's a little um, there's a little sandwich shop down the road called Mary's Bread Basket, and that place is awesome. It's, it's down the road Mary's from the Bread. shop. Mary, so. She loves the shout out. There you she go. Mary's that. Bread Basket. It, right. it is really good if you're ever around around Dawsonville. One thing that I was shocked to learn. So upset. This is this has hurt Uh-oh. me. This has hurt my heart. <laughs> The pool hall is not a bar. No. I Where have you been? My, I don't know. I, I've never been to Dawsonville, obviously. <laughs> no, it's I not a bar. I always thought in my mind that it was a bunch of, ra- you know, bunch of hardcore race fans sitting, sitting at about a 9 or 12 stool bar uh, with oh, some no. pool going on in the background and a race on the TV up in the corner, <laughs> a little maybe 15-inch. Now, right. that is the races on the TV. About 15-inch uh, TV, and there are pool tables. Yeah, uh, but, but it's a burger joint. It's a burger joint. Well, yeah, it's that. not a bar. I mean, it's awesome. Look, putting a siren on the roof is a drunk idea. That's why I guess yeah. we assumed it was a bar. <laughs> well, that's on the, that, side. That's that's on the top home. of the fire department. Now, that's just part of being in North Georgia. You don't have to be drunk. You don't have to be drunk. Is the siren sense. over the pool hall or at the fire department next door? No, it's at it's at the pool room. Okay. Another thing you didn't know. Dang. Well, how did you not know that? It's actually a siren. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, Gordon that, yeah, that's right. Gordon, the guy that owns that place, <laughs> oh, he calls yeah. it the Sirene. <laughs> so, do you? And you told me you don't head down to the pool hall too much. I don't. No, I mean I I drive past there All probably the twice a day oh, at wow. least um, because that's on my way home. But so you're you're. I'm just gonna use him as as an example because I know him, Blaney, your best one of your best friends. When yep. he went to uh, when he went there for the first time to Dawsonville, what was his reaction? Why are you here? Why yeah. do you live here? Why? Yeah. Why? I don't, you know, honestly, I. Dawsonville's going to hate us. D- Dawsonville's going to hate you. Yes. And I'm upset that you're trashing I on love my it. I'm not trashing bag. on it. I just need to go down there and see yes. it. it. To me, it, it, it's bigger than Dawsonville. It's North Georgia in general, mm-hmm. is what I love. And I think there's just, there's a lot of things about it that, that I like. You know, you're, you're right at the base of the mountains, kind of a mountain town vibe up in Dahlonega, which is just the town north. You're, 
an hour from the Atlanta airport. You can fly anywhere in the world. Um, okay, now you're talking. You know, so, I mean, it's just logistically, it's in a good spot. I like yeah. it. I don't know. It's home. I hear you. Quit hating on it. I'm not hating on it. <laughs> I'm wanting to be educated. This is a chance for Dell to... Uh, well, why don't you come visit? I need but, to. But Yeah, he'll be doing... Let's ads visit. The we need to do a live yeah, podcast from the pool hall. Hell No, no, yeah. no, no, no. From, from the sandwich shop. No. The, the, the Mary's... No. Mary's bread basket. <laughs> yeah. We'll, bring, we'll get Gordon to let us bring a few beers. I just really want to we'll come see this car your dad's restoring. And, and what else is there? You still got a late model or two sitting around? In full disclosure, that car, uh, actually, uh, GMS is helping with it. Oh, so and it's it, there. It, it's, it's up here. here. I can see it here. You, you could go see it. I just it. went over to GMS the other day, and I didn't yep. go inside. Yep, it's up here, so you Holy can go crap. see it. Mike Beam's uh Well, that's a great guy it. to work on it, Mike yeah. Beam. He's yeah. been around forever. Yep. Yeah. He knows exactly how it's supposed exactly. to be. Exactly. Yeah. But what else is over there in that old race shop? Or is it basically, so when I'm trying to, Trying to build the image in my mind. When, yeah. you, when I go down there, and, and, and can I look at the shop your dad raced out of? Yeah. Can I stare at it? Absolutely. You can stare at that. You can stare at the What's, engine shop. All that's all still in there. the same parking lot. What's yep. inside those buildings? Uh, the engine shop is still pretty much a functioning engine shop. You know, what do they build? Dinos, machine shops. Uh, a guy is renting that building, and he's I think he's building engines for road race hot cars uh, and maybe some hot rods. Yeah. I, don't, I don't exactly know what he builds didn't there, for. Uh, didn't. Ernie or Dan build hot rod motors for a while? I mean, Uncle Ernie's been into all kinds of motors. Okay. Dan, uh, still to this day, he did a lot of transmission and gear work. He still does some of that freelance, you know, transmission work for guys here and there, road race vintage cars or, gotcha. or whatever. So he still does some of that. What's in the rest of the building? Uh, well, th- those are two different buildings. So mm-hmm. it was actually really, you know, looking back, I mean, they had a, an awesome setup, you yeah. know, back in the day. And uh, they had engine shop that was on its own. Um, and then, you know, the chassis fab shop and, and body shop was, was another building. Um, and yeah, you walk in, there's some offices, truck bay, they, they parked the truck inside and had a wash area. I mean, it's, it's a race shop. I mean, it's this, yeah. just, you know, building 1983 the, or something. Yeah. Mid, mid, late eighties. Is any of your stuff around there? Yeah. All, all of, uh, basically any, any late model that I felt like I was emotionally attached to, uh, dad let me keep. Which was really cool, and like uh, which ones? Like, give us some. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, both snowball derby cars are there. Oh, really? Um, uh, the the car we won with in '15 literally came back from the race, and it has the same set of tires on it from the way we ended the race that oh, day. Oh, neat. Um, tape still on the tire from where the guys were hanging, uh, hanging the tires on the pit stop, which is really cool. So basically, just cleaned it up, and it's just it's just sitting there. I have our Winchester 400 car. Um, I believe that same car was our. Uh, no, I'm sorry. One of the Snowball Derby cars was one of our All American, or was the All American 400 winner. Mm. Um, and then the World Crown 300 car was also the the Winchester 400 winner. So have uh, have you know those cars from those big wins, which I, I thought was really cool and was uh, you know massive moments and and me coming along and meant a lot to what we had going. Do you miss racing supers? I do, yeah. I miss it a lot, and I really just miss how we did it more than anything. It was just, just so cool. And looking back, I don't, I didn't, I didn't understand at the time how cool it was yeah. and what we had going on, and how special some of it was. Um, you know, basically, there was a group of guys from literally all within 15 minutes of the shop, and we just did things on our own and didn't really ask for much help outside. Uh, outside of there, 
you know, built Uncle Ernie help with motors across the parking lot, built our own shocks in the building, uh, set up springs. I mean, did did it all right there, which was really cool. And I don't feel like um, until you're a part of something like that, it's really hard to understand how cool it is and looking back on it, just how much pride you have in that. Did you have a lot of pressure on yourself uh, in those times so you feel like maybe you didn't enjoy it as much as you should have because you're worried about, like, the next level yeah. and, and making it overall? Yeah, but at the same time, like that to me, you know, you want to enjoy it and whatnot, but at the same time, uh, I just if you weren't worried about moving forward and you weren't worried about doing good and didn't want to mm-hmm. push yourself to be better, you probably – probably wouldn't have done as good you yeah. know so i i can't fault uh the me wanting to push myself no, that to was do good, so you know? that was my feeling about my late mile racing is i didn't realize how much fun i was having and i think that's the thing i was i was working we were working hard and and, and I mean, we raced all the time i mean it was every weekend somewhere yeah. i think one year we ran like 45 late model races which is a lot in the that asphalt late model world yeah. um, not for like dirt car guys yeah. but for that that was a lot of racing so do you think that um you know, I know you got a long, long way to go, but do you think that you'll ever go back? I know your dad went back and ran dirt and played around, and he's like I said, he still does a little vintage racing here and there and some, yeah. some club stuff. I, I have, do I guess, daydream about that. Yeah, I do, and my dilemma in it, I have two things that I, I, I have a lot of pride in. Um, I loved the group of guys that we had that were working on our cars. Um, wouldn't be sitting here without a without a couple of them. Who, who in we talking particular. about? You said they're all within fifteen minutes of you. So th- something yeah. about this group of guys that you really like. Are they friends of yours? Yeah, or yeah, are yeah. They be- family what? became friends. Yeah, okay. o- over the years. So one one is that, and and just how I feel like those friendships grew over the years. The other thing is, last race we ran, we won. So it's like, and it was yeah. a snowball derby. So. Yeah. It's like, do, you, do you go out? You just be done with it, go out on top, be finished, or do yeah. you, or do you try to go back? But to me, I don't want to go back and do it unless I could get some of that group back together to go run. So yeah. that that's kind of my two things. Well, they, we it. we now have established nobody's going to leave Dawsonville, and if they do, they're going to come back. So that can't be too hard, right? Maybe you can get, yeah. The, you can get the band back together. <laughs> yeah. I bet. <laughs> I never wanted to race anything like that while I was still running cup because there's so many responsibilities and any yeah. little bit of tiny free time. You sliver of free time you had, you didn't want to. And you're right. Racing. And you're right. Yeah, but like once I retired, I'm like. Now I want to go run a late mile race at Myrtle Beach or just show up well, somewhere without yeah. saying anything. And that and that's the that's the dilemma I get into as well is you know like a lot of guys go and run races right, but those guys they're devoting their time to their obligations on the NASCAR side. They're just showing up and racing. I mean, yeah. I doubt they're they might be working on the cars some and involved in that a little bit, but is it an everyday thing? No. Was it an everyday thing when we were racing? I felt like it was, and I want to be involved. That's what you want to be. If you're I want to it. be involved like that, and yeah. I don't really know that I've, I'm with you. I'm not sure that I want to devote that amount of time. And I don't even I don't even know that I have enough free time to devote that amount of time exactly. to it. You know, yeah. so when, it's when, tough. When you do though, you should go back and race under your real name. Yes. Uh, who's with me? Yeah, Clyde. Clyde, uh, Clyde. <laughs> do it. Yeah, that is. I, I would buy that shirt if you print it today. Yes. I'd buy it tomorrow. All right, good. Well, Clyde I might have to print that now. <laughs> I, we we learned this just today, by the way. I they didn't, none of them know that. No, I didn't know it. I did. Yeah. yeah, if you go on an, Wikipedia, and we uh, you learn a lot. That's what I should do. I should spend more time on Wikipedia. Uh, but uh, but I, I we all agree that Clyde Elliott's a 
hell of a good race name. Awesome race name. <laughs> yeah. But you don't like it, I bet. No, I, I don't mind Clyde. Uh, a lot of my friends call me Clyde, actually. They so, do? Yeah. Well, that's yeah. where you knew it then, right? Yeah. No, I went to Wikipedia. Oh, Wikipedia. I'm not in the calling him Clyde Circle. Oh, you're not? No, I don't think who, who very gets close to call you Clyde. Who does? Uh, I mean, like, anybody. Blaney calls me Clyde occasionally. Um, guys I play video games with you know, call you me Clyde. You play video games? Yeah, yeah. When did that start? Well, you know, I'll, I've always <laughs> <laughs> I've always played. Uh, I, I mean, I played a lot, like, in middle school and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I kind of got away from it a little bit. I thought so. And here lately, uh, I don't know, probably the past year or maybe two. What friend dro- drug you back into that? <sighs> I don't know that what it was really. Boys? No, I don't think it was anything in particular. There you go. Trashing what? That is not trashing. What? Yeah. That is not I trashing. Felt, it. I don't know. It felt like a dig. It, it was been not a dig. a dig. It might have been it a dig. Well, it has to be a Dawsonville guy because yeah. he's in Dawsonville. He said it, it with a, a smirk. You, 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 you can play video games with somebody in Hong Kong if you want. It doesn't have to be in Dawsonville. That's right. That's right. So that's. I think that's awesome. Video games are cool. <laughs> um, no, yeah. I love them. They're, I play them a lot. They're get, cool now. My wife that he's gives me dug his such hole. A sh- <laughs> yeah. My wife gives me a ton of <laughs> for playing video games at 44 years old. Um, don't change. I don't want to. God. Hey, all right, real quick, we'll get back to Chase here in a second. But Dale, let's remind our listeners about an important partner. Yeah, it's a great partnership, and it's with Valvoline. Man, we've had a lot of Valvoline in this podcast, and you know why? Everything they've done with me has been on a custom and personal level. We've got a great relationship. Uh, you know, they've, they're you know, not just a motor oil brand. Uh, they're dedicated. Their engine lab makes them a great partner outside and under the hood. In 2014, they let me build one of my all-time favorites. You know, born in 1974, Chevy trucks is my thing. Short bed pickup trucks is my thing. So we built a, she- a 1974 Chevy Cheyenne short bed truck. Mm. We talk about this a lot yep. in that relationship with Valvoline. We do a lot of cool stuff. The Cheyenne was cool. We also had a lot of funny moments. Two years later, they made me into a bobblehead for their Pit Pals promotion. Only true friends would make you a bobblehead. Well, actually, the bobblehead was a caricature. I was in the commercial with the bobblehead, so I don't know. Did they make me into a bobblehead, or is the bobblehead kind of like... Remember the uh, basketball um, Kenny Hart... Hardaway? Penny Hardaway. Penny Hardaway, right? Okay. Was the bobblehead after you? Was it Dale Bobblehead, though? Uh, uh, hold on. I, I still don't know what you, you don't remember those Penny. commercials? No. Was he talking to a basketball or it something? It was like a little bobblehead kind oh, of was, character. Oh, yeah. no. I do remember those. Yes. So it wasn't yes. him. It was like his like, alter It was like his, his alter ego. He, But it was Penny a Penny. But yes, that's exactly yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. Those, it's kind of reminds me of that a lot. All right. There but you we go. We had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun with that promotion. I signed one of those bobbleheads last week. Is that right? I did. I'm signing them all the time, man. I love it. No other motor oil brand goes that extra mile to build a relationship like Valvoline does, which is why I trust them in my engines, and you should too, from high-mileage rides that need that thick anti-wear film to new engines that have carbon buildup. Check out Valvoline.com slash Dell to find the right product for your engine. That's Valvoline.com slash Dell. Now back to Chase. Flying. So yep. that was another thing that... I couldn't understand uh, about you. You're young, uh, and flying is scary, dangerous. Um, but I guess if you go through the you know the process and understand how it's done, it doesn't sound dangerous. It doesn't feel dangerous. It doesn't worry you. It doesn't seem doesn't concern you at all. Getting in an airplane and dr- going and flying to Hendrick just like you're going down the street to pick up a burger. So 
where I mean, your dad flew. Is that exact? Yeah. Is that where all that came from? I, I think that's, I think that's well, that's definitely where the passion grew from. And uh, I mean, I remember being just a little kid, you know, and I was lucky to be able to go fly places with him and and do do things like that. So yes, I definitely think that's where that passion came from. Um, you know, obviously, I was fortunate to have access to airplanes when I was, you know, sixteen years old to go start taking Training. lessons and stuff. Yeah. He you know? started so, early. Yeah, so I mean, just things like that are just lucky to kind of fell into that situation. But I love it, and uh, it is a very serious thing. But to people who've been flying for years, like way longer than me, you know, they they do they get in the airplane, and it's no different than them driving a car, you right. know. And that's uh, that's what you shoot for as a pilot. You want to get to that point one day. Um, but yeah, for me, I'm I learn every time I get in an airplane, and I enjoy it as a serious thing. It's a challenge. It reminds me a lot of, of racing on the weekends, you know, and just being in the car. You're the only one in there. you got to make decisions and figure out what's best, and that's kind of the same thing in the airplane. I've Man. been seeing on your Instagram, like, it's one thing to fly a plane, but now I'm seeing pictures of you upside down yeah. in planes. What's the story with that? Yeah, so I uh, – my dad was into aerobatics a little bit uh, when I was little, and he had uh, he had some, some planes, uh, and I remember going up and just loved it, and – as I got older, he didn't have those anymore. Um, got rid of them for whatever reason. I don't know if mom made him get rid of them or what. But uh, <laughs> anyways, kind of got on down the road, met a, met a friend who flies an air race, which they travel. That's what we went to Russia for, to go watch uh, go watch him. And he's in aerobatics, does shows across the world. His name's Kevin Coleman, and he uh, he's actually in Oshkosh, which is a huge air show right now up in Wisconsin doing, doing air shows, and that's, that's what they do. Uh, so... He actually took me up, I don't know, I'd been in him before, but I went on a flight with him, I guess it was probably a year ago, maybe a little over a year ago, and I just got hooked and uh, wanted to start training and started doing some training and uh, fly, been flying with him a lot and doing things. So, yeah, it's a it's a challenge, different kind of flying for sure. But So it's, that, uh, you were flying that plane when you did that? Yep. yep that oh, was, my goodness. That was me. I, I, I bet that is fun. That. It like, is fun, yeah. It's that's just, right. All right, so there's things in our contracts that say yes. we can't we can't bungee jump, we yeah. can't skydive. Yeah, they didn't they didn't think to write that one in there. I don't I don't know, but I'm gonna ask for forgiveness <laughs> on yeah, that later. one. Later, so yeah, later. Do it, do it and ask for forgiveness later. So. <laughs> Something like that. Nobody's came up to you. Uh, Rick hadn't called you and said, "Hey, uh, how about uh, how about not doing that?" No, but uh, now that you've blown my cover, <laughs> you blew your cover by going on Instagram. <laughs> Well, he probably doesn't see my Instagram, but yeah. he probably listens to your <laughs> show. <laughs> really slipping into those DMs. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, boss. Man, Whoops. damn. <laughs> but, hey, another thing, too, wise man <laughs> once said to me, and I think you, you know this about Alan. Uh, you know, Alan's always about, you know, wanting you – know, he, he pushes me to go do things that I like yes. to do, which I think is awesome. And uh, he, he's been a great crew chief to work with and – uh, you know, much like Jimmy's mountain biking and dirt biking yep. and the things that he does, you know, I think he's pushing himself, you know, and, and trying to be better. And, you know, he's, uh, on the edge of uncomfort. And I think that as a race car driver, we live on the edge of uncomfort. And I think the guy who is the most comfortable at being uncomfortable is probably going to end up being pretty good down the, you know, down the road. So yep. I think all those things are, are related. And I just think as you push yourself to do new things and new challenges and, fly new planes or, you know, go down a new mountain bike trail or whatever it is, like, those things are great. And I know they might not, you know, you could go, I could break my arm walking out the front door today, you know, but you got to live life, man. It's uh, get one (laughs) shot. 
I agree. That's I his think. justification for doing or for wanting to do uh, uh, air, uh, air shows. <laughs> it's I think like it's you practiced ex- it for Rick when he I asked you about it. I think it's extremely healthy to have passions like that. And yeah. it's fascinating to me, uh, especially because um, you could you could hire somebody to fly you around, you know, but you want to do it and you enjoy it. Who yeah. flew with you today? Did you just fly up here today? Yeah, I flew up here today. To do the show? And just fly by yourself? Yep, came to see you. So just came fired up the plane? You know, there, is just, there, is, just does anybody you. say? Uh, air, don't believe, anybody, don't believe it. <laughs> at, at, the, at the Elliott International Airport, does, is there a tower? Do they say yeah, you're yeah, clear let, for takeoff, or do you let, just say I don't see anybody? Let's just mat it. And yeah, go. let me tell you, you if though, yeah, I do. I call the tower. You need to come see the tower. <laughs> <laughs> is there a tower? Is, is, is Uncle Dan the, 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 yeah. the uh, air traffic controller? No, we, no. We, we there there is no tower, but we can make one for you if you come visit. <laughs> Tower's a we're coming. We're coming. Yeah. We're going to Dawsonville. Absolutely. Right? At this point, we got to be there. Yeah. So, um, we, you, you mentioned going to Russia, and I was sit, I saw Blaney last night. Okay. Ran into him at Epic Steakhouse on Main Street in Mooresville. Oh, he must have had a hot date. No, he had a sponsor agreement. Oh man. But maybe he did have a hot date. I just didn't see. He probably did. Yeah. I uh, but I was going to call him because I wanted to talk to him about y'all's trips, and I know he doesn't always go on everyone, but yeah. Um. <clears throat> So you mentioned why you went to Russia for yep. the Red Bull uh, Air Race. Okay, uh, this is just like flying for me. I, I guess I'm just not as a uh, confident or as an aggressive person or a daredevil, but I would be real nervous traveling Going to Russia. To Russia. Uh, yeah. But you guys, you know, you and, and your buddies, uh, y'all are – Somewhere all the time, at every opportunity, it seems like. Anytime y'all get a good chunk of time, all weekend off or something, yeah. y'all have got a plan. And y'all Try got somewhere you're going to go. What drives that, that motivation to go see the world? You know, I really don't know where that sparked from. Uh, a, a, I don't know, probably five or – it's probably been five or six years now we've been traveling around right. a lot. Um, Name some of these places. You got Russia. Yeah, so it kind of all started at going to Costa Rica, and that kind of sparked it. Um, I feel like we kind of we we spread our wings a little bit, got out of the country, you know, went down to Costa Rica, uh, and just had a lot of fun. And I think from there, we're just like, man, you know, we're young, and we have, you know, we're lucky enough to have the opportunity and and the means to go and travel the world. Let's go travel the world, you know. Let's go to all, let's go to as many places as we can go. Uh, while we can and you know you never know you might not be able to next week or next month or whatever so I think that's kind of where all that sparked but was you know like I said it started kind of going to Costa Rica been there a few times since I uh, really enjoy it down there uh, went from there uh, we've traveled to Ireland a mm. couple times uh, which is a lot of I've fun heard great things about that you should go there that would be up your alley yeah and uh, why do you think that you, well, it's just it's just, just old school pubs, yeah. um, Irish pubs, and and the architecture's old, you know, old buildings and old cobblestone streets yeah, and stuff. Is, I mean, it's, cool. it's really yeah. cool. Um, been to Amsterdam, which was actually a, a fantastic area, really nice area. Um, enjoyed that one. So when I think about Amsterdam, I just think about people just standing around smoking weed everywhere and everything smelling like hemp. And that that and is that is not the that's case. Not it no, at all. absolutely not. I thought that no. way too. Yeah, we're no. idiots. Definitely. <laughs> Mike said no. so. Speak for yourself. Speak for yourself. Mike said. I so. mean, I'm sure you can find it. You can definitely find areas like that there. But I mean, that's not that's not the city. The city is sure. actually really nice. Um, 
I'm trying to think where else. Obviously, went to Russia. We flew uh, when we went to Russia. We went through Istanbul, Turkey, which was uh, that was that one was close to the edge of I think where <laughs> I would. Com- you're where getting I would your uncomfort zone. Yeah, just not my cup of tea. I don't yeah. think, but it was a it was a layover spot. Um, where else? How I, was I Russia? That's been about it. In general, like, what would you, what would you, how would you explain Russia, Russia to, to me? me? Was absolutely fine, like nice. Uh, the food was different. I didn't really care for some of the food. What was the food like? Compared, I don't really even know how to compare how to it to. It. Um, not good, in my <laughs> personal opinion. Yeah. But I would say the biggest thing about Russia that was different from other places is, for one, we were literally like fifty percent around the globe, so yeah. we were like a long ways around there. Um, and the language barrier was about as bad as I've been to anywhere yet. Um, like you go, you know, you go to Ireland or you go to Amsterdam or, you know, you go to Costa Rica or all these places. And typically somebody in the restaurant can speak English, you know, or Mm -hmm. some sort. We certainly don't speak Russian. I certainly don't speak Russian. So, uh, the language barrier was tough. And I would say that was probably the toughest thing about the whole trip was just the language barrier, but it was really nice. It would be no different than you go into a, a city here. I mean, it might not be as modern, but, you know, as far as the, the, the people and, and the restaurants and how things are set up, I mean, they get up and go to work and, and eat and sleep and same thing we do. Who, who's the traveling party? Because you kept saying we. So who's all with you? Yeah, it's, I mean, I think me and Ryan really have been the only two that have, the uh, yeah, the consistent two. But I have a couple buddies that, you know, from around home, he's got some friends too that have either tagged along on a couple trips. So, um, but yeah, mainly, mainly me and him kind of been, a, you know, just a fun, uh, fun thing to go do when yeah. we have time. What's on the list? What's place, what place you haven't been you want to go to? Yeah. So Australia is on the list. Um, how do you get to Australia? Cause I've wanted to go back and it's a long way. It is, I mean, probably you went to Russia, so it's not too damn far, but Russia was, the flight that to, flight was, was rough. Yeah. The um, flight to Australia is pretty tough. It certainly, I wouldn't think it'd be much worse than that, but maybe, um, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I think you know, do the Australia thing. Uh, I would love to have enough time to go to Australia and New Zealand. I feel like mm-hmm. I have, uh, I have a cousin that lives in New Zealand, uh, who who actually married a guy from New Zealand. Uh, so I would like to go over there and go visit them. And I think the cool thing about the time of year that I want to go, I like to go in the winter. Obviously, we have the most time then, yeah, but that's their summer, summer yeah, awesome. which I think will be you'll be able uh, really to catch cool. a super uh, V eight supercar race or something. Which should be really neat. Mm-hmm. So. And maybe go see some sprint car racing. Those guys are over there racing yeah. that time of year. So. When I went over there, I went in 06, and we went and sat in the grandstands right under the flag stand at a dirt race. Nice. Sprint car race. Yeah, that's awesome. And ate all the junk food, and nobody <laughs> knew who the hell I was. Perfect. So it was great. Yeah, that was we a great We watched thing. all. We just cheered and made, you know, raised hell in the grandstands. And then we went to Phillip Island to watch the V8 supercars. That was pretty cool. That is cool. And then uh, we hooked up with Marcus Ambrose. He hooked us up with Paul Morris, who has a driving school. And it's basically little toned-down V8 supercars, and we played at his driving school all day. We were the only ones there. and got to, I mean, we were in board shorts and T-shirts That's and flip-flops awesome. racing these cars. <laughs> and uh, Hey, man, got to have fun. Yeah, so I got you hooked up if you ever go. Yeah. Any, yeah, we want to go. I, I mean, we've, uh, we've been – Australia is the one, I would say, that we've talked about the most and haven't done. Um, so we're going to do it at some point, hopefully, uh, hopefully sometime this year, maybe, maybe the end of the year. It's been, uh, it's been talked about. We just gotta, we just gotta lock it down. It's, it's so funny when you're trying to make plans with like Ryan or, or any of our friends, it comes down to like, we'll talk about it 
and we'll have a plan and we'll talk about the dates. But until the first person just ups and buys their ticket, it doesn't. It, it happen, just yeah. kind of floats, That's like the you know. Thing that triggers it. So I just screenshot my itinerary and send it to him, and then typically it goes from there. So, so what? Uh, what's your? Do you? You know, like I said earlier, you got a long time before you're ever going to retire from driving race cars. But do you ever think about ownership or what your plans are beyond driving? Who you want to be? What you want to do? Uh, I don't know. I from from you know. I don't know. I, I don't. I can't say I have any interest in the ownership side. Um, I don't see myself on on TV. You know, I'm not sure that you saw yourself on TV at 23. Not, no. uh, but I, I don't. I just don't see myself doing that stuff. I, I'm kind of the, the kind of person. I, I just hope. You know, everybody hopes that one day when they get done doing their respective jobs, that they can go enjoy the things they enjoy doing on the backside of that and i'm lucky to be able to enjoy a lot of things i enjoy now while i'm while i'm making a living but um yeah i don't i just you know if i'm lucky enough to travel this circuit for another number of years i'm not sure that i want to keep traveling it when i get done you know but i don't know i mean who knows i don't know what i'm doing next week so we'll see (laughs) yeah um well let's talk about racing like what do you think about your season this season what do you think about the cars there's so much going on there we just started broadcasting over the last couple of weeks the races have been great to watch been fun yeah to you broadcast. guys have been you guys stepped right into another How, okay few so this is a great good question. i got a driver here so this is a good time <laughs> to ask this question i know where he's going um when i raced i didn't feel this at all but last year when i got in the booth we had a great race at chicago with kyle larson and kyle bush yeah and that mo- that wildness or whatever, I didn't feel like I saw that in the first half of the year watching the races, but then all of a sudden, then boom, that happened, and then the racing and the intensity was great. And, uh, you know, you had your wins and just a really cool playoff uh, battle and, and just a lot of great excitement all the way to the very end. And then this year it started again. I felt like I watched the first half of the year, and it was ho-hum. It was like everybody's just kind of, you know, doing their job got their head down working away and then we got to chicago and it was like a four four alarm fire you know (laughs) and yeah the intensity just shoots way up do you feel that as a driver do you feel like it's a tale of two halves of the season or is it not felt that way not yet i mean i don't i don't think we're at the point of the season where things are just completely cutthroat uh which i mean i don't know it's tough because now i feel like it's 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 edging towards being that way all the time, but the way you're driving, yeah, racing, but, and just how, how aggressive you have to be. Like there is no, there's very little give and take now. I mean, I feel like it's it's pretty cutthroat on on what you give, and and you don't really expect anything. That's much. changed a lot in the last year. Seems like it, you know. And uh, but I still don't think uh, there's always. I feel like there's always a little bump in aggression, no matter how aggressive you are leading in. I think there's always a, just a little bit of a push when the playoffs start. But I don't necessarily think it is there yet. I don't, I don't think yeah. we're to that point. So it's interesting you say that. I mean, I think you guys have got some great finishes. We have. Um, for sure. You know, those to me, those races could have could have looked like the first half, you know, without a couple late race cautions or, or this or that. So, yeah. you know, it's, uh, it's hit or miss. That's why we watch, though. And two, you know, th- those finishes, we love to see them. And just like a close football game, we want to see it every time we watch. But it doesn't happen every time we watch, and that's what makes it special when you do see it because it doesn't happen all the time. Yeah. So. This is interesting because, you know, with Dale Jr., since he's been in the booth, we honestly didn't know because I've been watching, you know, from this vantage point for a long time. 
including all my life, actually, because I've never driven. The fact is, is that we didn't know if there was really an uptick of aggression out there. That because Dale Jr. comes back after being a broadcaster, like these drivers are man, they're driving crazy. And honestly, we don't know if if you sense that. And it sounds like you might be suggesting maybe not in the short term, but maybe over the past year or two. Do you feel that, that there's a competitive uptick in the aggression, or is that just a product of a different vantage point where it's always sort of been there and it's just hard to know it when you're in the middle of it? I mean, I, I definitely think the vantage point can certainly change your it perspective does, yeah. or opinion on on things. Uh, I mean, you know, like one example now is the spoilers are so big. To me, side drafting has become a big deal. Everywhere. A- everywhere. And, you know, on TV that looks super cool. It, it looks super cool, and, and it is. I mean, we're really close to each other because every couple inches makes a big difference on how much you drag that guy back. So, um, that's one thing I feel like that certainly sticks out. And to me, that's, just, you know, that's, I mean, that side drafting is what, and the aggressiveness of that to me is what sparked the entire finish at Kentucky. If, if Joey and, and Kyle hadn't have been, or whoever was on the bottom, hadn't have been side drafting each other so hard, Kurt would have never drove around him yeah. and it would have never been like that, mm. you know? So it's one small thing like that to me can, can change it. Yeah. Do you like driving the cars? You know, I I um I have I have had a a change of heart and opinion in, in the car and the in in my approach and view on that and I just have got to the point where somebody make the rules and let's go down the road Boy, because it. it's just uh yeah. you know yes is it frustrating sometimes on Sunday when you when you're better than the guy in front of you and you can't pass him yeah we'll do a better job you know and pass him it was hard to pass when you had no downforce the guy in front of you is still going to have an advantage whether he has no downforce or 5,000 pounds, you know. Mm-hmm. So, it uh, to me, I just I think that somebody needs to make the rules and quit asking everybody else's opinion and, and God, quit yeah. letting people <laughs> on TV and social media dictate it because yeah. it just doesn't matter. You know, the races don't look any different now than they did five years ago or eight years ago in all reality. I mean, from the casual fan's perspective, it looks about the same. So yeah. let's just quit changing it. Yeah, I like road. that. I love that. I, I think, do too. Yeah, I, we've had Helton on here. Uh, we've had the president of NASCAR Phelps Steve on Phelps, here. Yep. yep. And we've told him the same thing. Stop all the collaboration. Yeah, it, it, find you know, one guy that makes the decisions. Everybody just, just be listens. done with it. Yeah. You know, and people are like, "Oh, you're just sucking up." You know, it's like, no, no you know, just tired of the back yeah, and forth. Tired of the back and forth, and and you know, it's like you know, they ask us to sit down in, in meetings and give our opinions, and it's like, look, man, our opinions shouldn't matter. You know, just make the rules and let's just go and I just think as you as you kind of which I kind of came in and you know I came in in the era of the driver council and all those things going on when Mm -hmm. I feel like you know there was a a conscious effort to at least make it look like the driver's opinions were going to be viewed and things were going to be changed because of that and and that shouldn't to me we shouldn't have a we shouldn't have a say in that stuff just Pick it. Let's go. Let's go race. I agree with you 100%. Amen to that. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. The one thing that I learned, uh, or it was tough for me to learn, and just for me personally, was when they would make a change, I would be, I would be angry and uh, hated change, hated anything that wasn't traditional, and I would bitch yeah. in the media about it and complain and thinking that my complaining was going to do something. Right. And I found out that, like, NASCAR's going to make – we're going this direction. NASCAR wants to go. Correct. They are – they can hear me. They hear me mouthing off, but it ain't going to change none of that. And it's better for me to probably just embrace the new, yeah, and try to figure out how to make that work for me. 
and and I did that with racetracks too. I hated going to Sonoma, hated going to Darlington, and I'd always run like crap at them because I hated them. Yeah. I finally figured out a way to like them, was and then there I started a, doing oh, better. Ahead. Was Sorry. there a specific incident that made you turn the corner? Do, do, can you think back to something where you were like, was it something that you didn't like what, how yourself was portrayed or looked? Did you come off, you know, yeah. what, what, or was it something that NASCAR, like, didn't take your uh, considerations or something? What was it that made well, you turn the corner? I mean, I think it was a few things. You know, I, I came in, I think, much like anybody at a, at a young age, you, you think you have the right viewpoints and opinions sure. on everything or whatever. So, you know, I and they sit you down in those meetings and those driver council meetings and, you know, when it came time to raise your hand, I I like to raise my hand, and I felt like I had a valid opinion, which probably didn't. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm an idiot. You know, I just started. I, I shouldn't have an opinion. Why am I in here? Why am I raising my hand? And I ask myself that after I say something. So I just kind of got to the point where I'm like, look, you know, I, I've sat in these meetings. You know, I, I was I was lucky enough to be the rookie of the year, my rookie season, and that earned me a spot in the driver council in 17. Sat through, you know, whatever five six of those meetings throughout the season maybe saw a couple of the thoughts uh, in in the meeting actually come to life. And, you know, to me, that's completely fine. That's not me bashing it, but that's just saying, hey, I don't, I don't want any part of that. I don't want any say. I don't even want to have the opportunity to raise my hand. Yeah. So, Tell me the rules, I'm going to race. Exactly. And we don't, you know, too, I was having this conversation with somebody the other day, you know, the drivers, you know, we're, we're lucky enough to go drive race cars for a living. The owners and these teams are the ones who are who are in in the tough spots and 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 uh, funding these cars and putting six hundred employees to work. Uh, Mister Hendrick has a lot of risk and and all that. I'm just lucky enough to go drive the car, you know. So if anybody should have a say, it should be the people who are at at that kind of a risk and and have those kind of things going on. If it's going to impact uh, the way of life of that many people, the man who's paying those people should have a say in it not not the driver you know yeah. not, not the guy who's just getting paid to go in circles you know yeah you um you know the year for you has been kind of interesting up and down frustrating i'm sure what are you looking forward to well i couldn't wait to, to get out of no i couldn't wait for the wheels <laughs> to come off the ground in the in in loud new hampshire yeah. I, was, uh, <laughs> I i was counting down the the seconds uh and and frankly, you know, Kentucky and Loudon have been two really really tough places. So I, I wasn't looking forward particularly to going to either right. one of those two races, in general. But the bad thing about that, you know, is I think some of our struggles at at Loudon uh, are similar to our struggles we've had at Richmond. I know it doesn't seem exactly the same, but I think some of the characteristics and what I feel are wrong at Loudon. I think that translates to Richmond. So we're going to work really hard on Richmond. Um, and now this is the bad part about Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky's turn three and four is real similar to one and two at Texas now. And that's a bad thing. We've run really bad ever since they repaved Texas. So, uh, those are two racetracks that are coming up in the latter part of the year. Texas is obviously a very important race. So that's interesting. I didn't, I wouldn't have compared them two corners, but, um, did they with that flat entry into turn yeah. one at Texas, it is quite similar. And how flat the exit is yeah. off of off of two at Texas now. That's a tough corner that myself and, and that particular piece of asphalt have not gotten along really good <laughs> yeah. at. Are you, did the win at Watkins Glen change or improve the way you feel about going back to that track? I was I, I won at Watkins Glen in the, in the Xfinity Series, but damn, it didn't change the way I felt about that track. Yeah. You know, you know it's I, such a love-hate relationship. You hated road courses. I've, uh, 
I've, you know, obviously I say this now, I've always enjoyed road racing. I haven't always been great at all the tracks or, or whatever, but I've always had fun at it. Um, so I, you know, I, I look even before, I mean, I know it's easy to say, you know, but like even before last year, I looked forward to going to Watkins Glen. I look forward to going to Sonoma. It's a tough road course. I think to me, Sonoma has been more challenging than Watkins Glen. Um, Do you think they should go back to the old layout and get rid of this carousel or keep it? Um, mm. I, I think, again, it doesn't matter. But uh, <laughs> it didn't change the people who ran up front. Yeah. I mean, Martin. I thought it took out a passing zone. Maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. Yeah. I mean, it might have taken out a couple wrecks because the carousel got people further away from each other before that next tight turn, right. which instead of having two really tight 90-degree rights – um, the carousel, you needed your air, you know, to get around there. So I think it probably just stretched you out a little bit more. But um, the way I viewed it was the same guy still dominated, same guy still ran second or in, in the top five or, or whatever. So same yeah. crowd, still good. How's William Byron? Is he doing all right as a teammate? Yeah, I think William's doing good. I mean, yeah. he's uh, – I mean, heck, I feel like, you know, obviously Loudon was a tough weekend for all of us. But you take Loudon out of the mix, he's been really fast. Um, I thought he was our best car at Kentucky. I uh, know he had – I'm not sure what happened there at the end. I was uh, obviously not up front, but he was up front there at one point, and then all of a sudden he was a lap down. I don't know if he got a penalty or maybe they were talking about that in the meeting, I think, mm-hmm. the other day. So, uh, But he's been I – mean, heck, they've qualified well on more than one occasion, and he's been fast in some races. So it's um, it's interesting watching him come along because he has different viewpoints, and just like I'm sure when I came to HMS and my viewpoints – uh, were different than yours, but he uh, and then now with these rules changing and these cars to me driving more like trucks in theory, and he just got out of that, you know. So it's kind of interesting uh, hearing him talk about it and refer to some of his truck series days and yeah. how that's relating to what he's doing now. He's sharp, yeah. For sure. I um, when I raced at uh, Hendrick Motorsports, the eighty-eight and the forty-eight were in one shop. The twenty-four and the nine were in. Uh, another shop or the five and the nine whichever um of the 24 it was the 24 and the five i think either way this team was split down the middle between the two shops it was two different cultures they all made some big changes over there physically in the building to bring everybody together have all their a little yeah. more collaboration amongst all four teams how's that going and what's the physical shape of the, the company it is definitely different from when when you know you and i were teammates and uh you know, my first couple of years, I felt like the, the 24 and the 5, they had their own ways of doing things. The 48 and the 88 kind of had their own ways of doing things. And, and there's, it's tough because I think there's pros and cons to both. You know, I think when something's wrong and something needs to be changed, you can change it quicker when you're working with a smaller group. Um, and when you have a problem, it's hard to change things on four cars uh, and get it all done at the exact same time so it's equal and fair for everybody. Uh, it, you know, I guess is the is the theory and the goal. I do think as we have progressed in that um, side of things and, and that collaboration, I do think that we have become more efficient in, in getting parts done and getting changes done for four cars and being able to implement it all at the same time and doing it quicker. So to me, that is the biggest negative in that. And I think as time goes, you continue to get better at, at getting things done and becoming efficient and building and, uh, you know, the, the men and women who work at HMS, I mean, heck, there's, like, I think right around 600 people that work there now. So, I mean, it is a full-blown machine. And uh, they, you know, they work really hard in their each respective department, departments to, to contribute. And, 
I mean, it's amazing all the hands that go into the product on Sunday. I mean, you yeah. know, it's it's unbelievable. Oh, yeah. You've been asked like 243,322 freaking times about the deal between you and Denny. Yeah. Um, but I, w- I want to ask you something different, I, I hope, <laughs> a little different. Good about luck. It. Yeah. Uh, it seemed like that was the moment, uh, you know, the turning point. Obviously, everybody looks at your win. But that seemed to be the moment you went from this up-and-coming kid racer to putting your feet in that cement and being – you know, putting a stamp on not only your career, but hey, this is how I want to be raced. Okay, uh, what did you learn anything maybe about yourself through that whole process? Yeah, I mean, I, that obviously, you know, the biggest thing I, I look back at that, you know, is is uh, I mean, yes, obviously, I was I was mad about the whole deal, but I think looking back at it as time went on, uh, and what made me the most upset about it was just the opportunity that was there from winning that race. I mean, that locked you into Homestead and what could have been on the horizon, I think really pushed me to want to want to try to get ourselves back in that position again. So, um, yes, I mean, I, I think I think you do have to set the way you want to drive. I think your peers know that, you know, on track. And I think as time goes, you, uh, I think you set that standard. And I think that's an important standard to set. And there's been, there's guys that you're racing against each week that have been doing this longer than I've been alive and, and guys that I grew up watching do it. So it is, um, it's a delicate thing to try to assert yourself amongst that. And it's also a respect thing. And, and to me, the best way to earn that respect is to go beat those guys. And when you start doing that regularly, which I don't feel like I've done regularly enough. Um, but I feel like if you can start beating those guys that, that I watched growing up as a kid regularly and assert yourself there, I think the respect will come. So um, I guess to answer your question, I look back at, at, at Martinsville, I'm just mad about what could have been and to have a shot to race for a championship. And that that's the most frustrating thing. You know, I've been wrecked before at a short track on a Saturday night or whatever night it was, you know, but that one just had a lot of a lot of hope on the other side. So just hope we can be back in that position again. Can't change it. So go on down the road and uh, try to have cars like that again. Had a great shot. So that's the big thing. Try to try to have cars that drive that good on, on a, uh, you know, whatever day, Sunday night at Martinsville. Well, bud, I think that's all I got. Mike, you got anything else? No, I, you know, I, I, I was curious on, you know, you're back here at Junior Motorsports. You have driven a few races for us, yeah. um, you know, here and there. But, you know, what did, it's like you're all stomping grounds a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I'm gonna know? go. I'm gonna go in here. When I walked in, I just came straight in here. So yeah, uh, so I'm gonna. Take I'm, a trip back here? I'm gonna go say hey to a couple guys. Um, I think a few guys still work here that actually were on oh, yeah. on my team. So I uh, go see Danny and and uh, Billy Wilburn. I actually see Billy right now. So yeah, <laughs> I'm oh, gonna yeah. go uh, go say hey to a few guys and and then. Uh, I guess we still got, you know, got our championship, Chase Elliott championship banners hanging up now and and, and a few wins. And some of the wins you had here were amazing. At the the time, it was really cool. But heck, there's two more flags after that. now. That's true. true. You guys have taught me. Um, You you got us going, man. You got us going. You'll always be that guy that got us going on the championships. And so, uh, man, I think back to your race at Darlington, which was insane. Yeah. Uh, and then the the wind you started pulling uh, off right after that, man, that was just an incredible year. So much fun. It was, it was so much fun. Fourteen was was special for oh. sure, and just how late that whole deal came together and how good it went, I, I couldn't <laughs> believe. First off, I couldn't believe it all came together, and then second off, I'm like, man, well, this is late. We're gonna be. I behind. forget how I forget how late it was. I mean, it was like Dece- I mean, it was like Christmas time. It was. Yeah. It yeah. was like December. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we're gonna go, but I mean, it's so late in the game. Like, no way we're actually gonna run any good, yeah. you know. <laughs> 
And I just everything kind of aligned, and mm-hmm. yeah, it turned even out to be since nice. then, you got in our car. Daytona won us a big Daytona yeah, race right, in February. Right. That was so cool. It's cool, man. I love that. I love that connection and and what you've meant to this business and this company for helping us kind of get get our feet wet and get. I don't know about that, but well, you did. You got to us come into, when I did. You got us believing in ourselves to be championship contenders every year. Um, you know, we thought we could win races, but to you know, you made, you made us a championship company. And now that's sort of set a new standard for us to achieve. All right, buddy. Well, I appreciate you coming in, flying over, flying over here from Dawsonville. Yeah, We're man. coming to Dawsonville. Don't hate up. me, Dawsonville. No, I yeah. wasn't dogging yeah. y'all. Don't <laughs> hate him. I want to come. Don't check. hate him now because he says he said said you're coming to visit. I'm coming. All right. Gotta hold him to it. We'll see. <laughs> Hopefully, I can get in there and get me a sandwich. And we'll yeah. see. They might not even let me in now. I don't know, man. You got some. For, you, got some you got some apologies to roll out. <laughs> you <laughs> do, get man. off on the wrong foot. <laughs> you have dug a hole. No, I Oh crap! I, I think it's more than Dawsonville. I think you have trashed the entire <laughs> North, no, North no. Georgia area. No, actually, no. that's okay though. We'll, we'll work on it. I'm coming. I'm gonna come back and make amends. There you go. All right. Thank you. We'll Chase. see you. Hey, man. Thank you, guys. Whether you're moving into a new place, having a baby, or just Mario, uh, what Marie Kondo? What the hell is that? She is a a Netflix star when it comes to organizing and things like that. Like she's crazy popular. She has a show on Netflix about organizing things. Yep. All right. And then she's a verb as well because you can say you can. Mario Co- Mar- <laughs> Marie Kondoing. She's not Mario. <laughs> Mario Andretti. She's this, Asian, not Italian. Yeah. Correct. Well, uh, you're either way looking for <laughs> looking for the opportunity to free up some space. Um, self storage is always an option, but that's not very convenient. Um, having to drive across town and whatnot. What if there was a way to store your valuables without breaking your back or your bank account? Well, now there is. Meet Clutter, the world's largest on-demand storage provider. It's zero effort. Schedule a pickup and Clutter. We'll be there to pack and move your belongings uh, to store that in their secure facility. Need your stuff? No problem. Just let Clutter know, and they'll bring it right to your door. Wow. So they'll bring it back to you. Clutter's online photo inventory means that you never forget what's in your storage. (laughs) That's pretty nice. Clutter has a great sign-up bonus for our listeners. You get $50 off your first month when you sign up at clutter.com slash dale. $50 $50 off first month, clutter.com slash Dale. That's on top of Clutter's no-hassle moving, online inventory management, free pickup and delivery, and price match guarantee. See why Clutter is better and get $50 off your first month at clutter.com slash Dale. That's clutter.com slash Dale and enter promo code Dale at checkout. That's key. Experience the future of storage with Clutter. All right, everybody, this is the Nationwide Ask Junior segment of the show. Uh, over the weekend at New Hampshire, Matthew Dillner went out to the uh, fan section and interviewed a few fans for some questions. We got those questions uh, coming in, so we're going to listen to them, and here they go. I'm Nick. This is my brother. We're from Swansea, New Hampshire. We're big Bush Brother fans, and we want to know who's the better Bush Brother. Oh, that's a great question. Who is the better Bush Brother between the two? It's, mm. it's, you know, the thing about it is it's hard to tell because they, you, they've never really both been in equal equipment at the same time, right? Um, it's, somebody. Uh, it's hard to tell. That was not me. That was, um, a, that was a stool, just yeah. FYI. Stools do sound just like farts when they fly across <laughs> the floor. 
I want to say, getting back to the question before we get Somebody over their head too long on this segment. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin's turning red. I have I, my honestly, my opinion of that changes uh, from time to time. My opinion about what the Better Bush brother changes depending on depending on the race, depending on how they win or where they win. Uh, for the most part, I've assumed that it was Kyle, but boy, this I mean, for Kurt to win. Nothing against the Ganassi team, um, but we know they've struggled. They don't have the numbers that, that the Gibbs team has or that Kyle's had. And Kurt went up there and took that race away. He took that win. He he won that race. Um, and, you know, it's a great car. Great job all night, you know, with the strategy and so forth. But, boy, that was impressive how he did that. And I don't. I just don't know if those cars are straight up even, mm. right? And so, it, my mind changes on the better, but maybe they're both the same. Maybe they're both just both a, amazing. Maybe there is no difference. You know, what I'm sounds saying? to me you were making a case for Kurt. Well, that's I changed my mind. I mean, Kyle's going to do something in the next couple of weeks or a month that's going to make me think it's him. Yeah, if you put Kyle in in any of those other cars, he's going to win just as much too, yeah. right? Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, maybe not just as much, but he's going to do what Kurt's done. They're Absolutely. they're very even. They're, they're very close. super talented. Great question. All right, here we go. All right, hey, this is Stephen Clark from Connecticut, and my question to Dale is, what do you regret about retiring? What do I regret about retiring? You know, I, I don't know if I regret anything, uh, but I miss it. Gosh, I miss it so much, and I didn't when I first retired. I didn't really the first year. Uh, had the broadcast booth, and that new job was uh, pretty nerve-wracking, and that kept me pretty busy and my mind busy. But the further away I get from racing, Man, the more I miss it, the more I guess I, – I don't know if I regret retiring, but I wish that uh, I hadn't got those injuries that I had to, to have, you know, to have to retire because I'd still be racing. But, um, you know, it's, it's, I just think about the guys down there, and you know, I, I'm curious as to what the racing's like this year, how much fun it is. Um, and there's moments when you're watching the race, broadcasting the race, that you'd like to be out there. But there is a lot of it that I do not miss. Um, there's more to that job – that I don't miss because it's, it's not a, it's not all a bed of roses and it's not all, it's definitely none of it's easy, but yeah, the further I get away from it, I thought I'd miss it less, but actually it's, it's ramping up for whatever. Yeah. It's odd. Here we go. Um, hello, I'm Troy Sooner from Freehold, New Jersey. Um, Junior, who is your number one person that you want to see on the download? Oh, good question. (laughs) Good grief. Um, (laughs) Who is the number one person I'd like to see on the download? It just popped into my mind the other day. Maybe, um, I mean, we have a long list of people that we would love to have. I'll just go through a couple of names that are on the top of uh, my list. Carl Edwards, love to have him on, yeah. talk about what he's doing uh, and with his life. Um, he's a bit of a mystery, always kind of been a private guy, so maybe one day we can get him on here. Jimmy Johnson would be a lot of fun. Me and him got a great friendship relationship, and I think there's a lot of stuff about Jimmy that's pretty cool. That I think you'd find cool as well. Richard Petty. Love to get Richard on here. Kyle Petty. Kyle's a great storyteller. He uh, lived his life, uh, you know, alongside his dad and has a lot of great stories as well of Richard and that, that his whole experience would be great. Uh, Mark Martin would be awesome mm. uh, to have on the show. Let's see. Rick Hendrick would be awesome to have on the show. Um, Kenny Schrader. Absolutely. Hey, Brian Bell and Sam Bell from West Bridgewater, Massachusetts. And uh, Dale. The new table's cool. 
You look very professional sitting at it. But do you prefer sitting in the couch being relaxed for the podcast? I don't. I actually prefer the table. I like the table because we got room for all our iPads and iPhones uh, and uh, my glasses. Uh, the, it, it's cool to be able to showcase some of our favorite diecasts from, from the past. And uh, I can clearly see Mike, and he seems comfortable. <laughs> I like being able to talk to my guests straight across the table. I didn't like sitting side by side and looking and, been, you know, kind of get your neck would get stuck. So we're sort of looking at that person that way. But um, so sitting straight across from them, we can have a one-on-one. It's a little more personal. Dale, buddy. Steve from Air Mass. I got one question for you, bro. I like hats as much as you do. This is my favorite one. What's yours? My favorite hat, I, you know, it's the one that fits good. I don't really know if I have a favorite all-time hat. But let me think. I, you know, I got one from my late model days that I really love. But I don't wear it because it's the only one I have. But I, I, a hat from like 1996 that I, uh, we had made for my late model racing days. Um, so I'm Taylor from Boston, and I want to know what's the most off-the-cuff question you've been asked by a fan that made you think, wait, did they just really ask that? I don't really know how to prepare for this. Nobody trained me for this. What, what do I do from here? And how do you respond? The question is, uh, will you marry me? Mm. Yes. Oh, really? <laughs> sure. How do you respond to that? I mean, there's only two Probably ways, right? No. Probably no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming. Either yes or no. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, yeah, that's an odd one for me. <laughs> Still odd. <laughs> the uh, the uh, uh, other one is that um, you'll get from, this is terrible, but you'll get from the husbands that, or the wife, that they're, you're the hall pass. That's yeah. weird. That's so awkward. Especially when they're all present. Hey Dale Jr., my name is Tori Giles. I am from Athol, Massachusetts, but I currently live in Manchester with my husband. And I love animals, and I know you have a few, so I was just wondering, what is your favorite farm animal and why? Well, I, I love our buffalo. Um, um, what's your favorite farm animal? You know, I don't, you know, my dad loved horses. He had, uh, he had a Clydesdale. Oh. That's not really a Wait, farm. Wait, you had a Clydesdale? Oh yeah. Oh. That's not really a farm animal because you know they're they don't raise. I don't you know it's not. I wouldn't consider a Clydesdale a farm animal. A farm animal to me is an animal that that is is productive on the farm, whether it's working on the farm or it's making the farm money, like cows and horses and stuff. But my dad loved horses, and he would saddle his horses up and ride them on his property often. And he loved it. He'd get his friends, Michael and Waltrip, and other people to come over to ride horses as well. And uh, so that probably is my favorite farm animal. I don't have a horse, though. There's always tomorrow. (laughs) It's a lot of work. (laughs) They are a lot of work. Yeah, too busy. Last one. My name is Jason Dean from Dover Foxcroft, Maine. Dale Jr., what's your favorite thing that Mike Davis does, and what's the most annoying thing that Mike Davis does? (laughs) So the most annoying thing that he does is probably, hmm, doesn't answer my phone calls or text messages. I knew he was going to say it. Yeah. <laughs> um, guess what Guess what? The, his most annoying thing is? Yeah. That doesn't answer his phone call or messages. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that's one thing because we are such a part of each other's lives, if, if, at least mostly professionally, that it's necessary that we stay in communication. So when you, when it's not uh, the line's not connected, it's tough. <laughs> the best thing he does, I mean, there's so many. He does a lot of amazing things. He's been... I think my favorite part about Mike is he's loyal and that he's worked with us uh, here and helped us. Um, he's built Dirty Mo Media. 
from the ground up. It's been his vision. Um, he's helped me uh, build my brand. The list goes on and on of things he does, and he is I don't know, selfless the right word. Yeah, and just a, you know he works hard. Great family guy. He's been an inspiration to me as a father and a husband, and the, you know just there's a lot of amazing things about the guy. Aww. That's why I say that for it's last. A I didn't, moment. I went. I went down. I went down negative, then back up positive. You that like was, that? Yeah. Good. Yep. So now, we'll, don't worry. That you won't. You'll forget all the negative. We'll now. end on that note. <laughs> now he's right. He's right on the on the things that are annoying. I don't, I don't <laughs> doubt that. I knew that was going to be the answer. All right, y'all. That was fun. I kind of you know we'll we'll get back to the YouTube channel and and you know doing this live because that's always enjoyable and spontaneous. But that was pretty good. Good job, Matt. It was a good. Job, Getting Matthew. those. Uh, Getting those some great questions, some great folks giving us their time to do it. We appreciate that. Maybe we kind of move around, flip, flip, flip back and forth, doing it at the racetrack. Maybe we'll get some more of these, maybe Charlotte Race Weekend or something local. Uh, but that's a lot of fun. I like it. Hey, anytime you want to send me the damn track. Yeah, well, I'm all in. Coming. I knew you'd probably at Charlotte, so I was just going to go ahead and throw I that start out Start salivating. <laughs> he shit his pants. <laughs> for the third time in his life. Three for Dale. This week, Valvoline DIY question of the week. Best shortcuts from the track or the craziest shortcuts from the track. And we all have been uh, spending our lives at racetracks over the years. And I always took pride in uh, finding the best shortcuts out of the track, into the track, beating the traffic, that kind of thing. Dale Jr., you and I have been in many cars leaving in, 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 in tracks. Do you, is there a shortcut that you always knew? Or you know, and Dale Earnhardt would have been one that I would have thought had some pretty good uh, tactics on leaving ra- racetracks and stuff. But best shortcuts, craziest shortcuts. What do you got? Well, there's a Michigan shortcut, and it's a dirt yes. road. Very scary because there's all there's not only you're on it, but there's all other race teams and drivers as well, and everyone is hauling tail down this road. And so it's shooting us dirt and ro- dust and rooster tails. It's kind of like driving in the rain. You can't see the car in front of you, racing in the rain, I would say. And so, uh, yeah, that's pretty treacherous and nerve-wracking. There's also a similar escape out the back um, of Watkins Glen where you would drive. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that road. Yes. And so all the tracks have these quirky little, you know, ways to get out of them that I don't know that a lot of people are aware of. And um, we don't take them as much as broadcasters now because we don't, we don't get out of the booth right away, right? Yeah. You know, when we were driving race cars, shoot, you jump out of you jump out of the car, the race car, and jump right in the rental car with your suit on, right? Um, and just haul butt. Um, but now we're not in as big a hurry to leave, so we don't really use these uh, little little secrets, you know, escape plans as as often. But man, there were some wild ones, and Dad was the best at it. Dad, there was a competition. Everything was a competition. <laughs> Right. Not just with him, with all the other, I mean, all the drivers sort of were, were about this. But there was the race to win in, in the cars, and then there was a race to the airport, and then there was a race home. I mean, literally, they'd be in their planes going, how can we get around that other plane? You know, like, isn't that illegal, you know? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Is it, like, is it legal is, to be passing planes? I, should we be going through their front yards? Or? <laughs> yeah. So, and then Dad was sort of the one that spearheaded all that, was the one that was antagonist if you Mm -hmm. will on on making everything a competition i mean there's still some pretty interesting escape plans and we'll park you know the fun we'll park our cars in places to be able to access to get like at richmond 
we park the car out across the street from the racetrack. So when the race is over, we walk right out there where with all the fans. We're walking amongst the race fans, uh, exiting the racetrack into the street to get in the car. Um, we've done it that way for years. Same way at Chicago. At Watkins Glen this past year, we parked a car in a par- in a grass lot, way you know, way on way on out. So, yeah. and then golf cart out. Full, we we drive up. I don't know. I don't know where we're. I've, I, this first time I've done it this way. I don't know where the cars you. park. So there. So I get out of the booth. We get on the golf cart and we ride about ten minutes into this big giant field full of cars and race fans getting in their cars. And there's our car right in the middle of it. <laughs> we hop right in there and everybody's like, "Hey, Dale!" I'm like, "What's up?" <laughs> <laughs> just, just like, I mean, bear me, <laughs> Dale Junior. He's just like the rest of yeah. us. Yeah. Broadcasters. They're just like the rest. <laughs> of us. But he, I mean, he brings up Richmond. I mean, uh, we we would go out with the crowd. I mean, yeah. I'm talking in Dale's heyday, yeah. uh, Budweiser years and stuff like that. Walk out through that tunnel and one, out with the crowd. Yeah, and, one uh, time I put alone. on a Bobby Labonte t-shirt, yeah. Bobby Labonte hat. I, I, I went it. out to the uh, place you to bought get all it. that stuff. Yeah. So I said, buy some, buy disguise, and you bought a Bobby Labonte shirt, hat, and a seat cushion or a cooler. That's right. I bought a David Rudiman hey. uh, a seat cushion. There was no line at his trailer. It was the, it was just like <laughs> it, it, it was easy. I needed to go. I went bought a seat cushion. But the funniest part was he went in and changed into our we'll call it the disguise, although it just looks like a race fan. And then all of a sudden, somebody in the media, probably Bob Dillner, um, showed up to do an interview, and we just said, "Look, man, frame that thing tight." We because he's like, had like you know Bobby Labonte gear on, maybe like a Domino's pizza seat cushion and whatnot. But yeah, then he did. He was like right up there in his face. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I remember uh, taking a shortcut. Well, you remember how bad the traffic was at the fir- at first at Texas before they improved it? And I was like, we're, we're not getting in this. And I remember there was like a gas station or something, and I saw a gate behind it, and there was a field, and I pulled into the gate. My producer started getting mad at me. We can't go into somebody's property. I'm like, let's go. So we started driving down this like little rut grass road into this pasture. And next thing you know, we hopped to another pasture, and there was damn – steer off to our left and he was mad as hell at me like we were in somebody's farm this is ridiculous and we could see the highway over there well we got back it only took us an hour to get back to the hotel two girls that we had dropped off of their cars it took them three and a half hours to get back to the hotel so it was like damn through the pastures that's good stuff. Listen, um, from high mileage rides that need that thick anti-wear film to newer engines that have carbon buildup, head over to Valvoline.com slash Dale. That's Valvoline.com slash Dale to find the product spec for your engine. This is your average race recap. Unfiltered commentary and an abundance of opinion. Mr. Nice Guy or Mr. Good got in my way. I'm like Johnny Cash, we ain't afraid to walk the line. Listen to Door Bumper Clear, available on major podcast platforms. Door Bumper Clear. White flag. Keep coming, bud. White flag, bud. White flag right there. White flag. All right. Dale Jr. did something last week that you guys are going to like here on the Dale Jr. Download. He surprised a few employees here at Junior Motorsports with some time off from work and $1,000 cash. It's like, boom, guys. Here's a thousand. They show up to work. They end up with $1,000 cash. And the best part is we rolled on it. And so coming up on the Dale Jr. Download over the next couple months, you guys are going to be hearing these segments. Uh, Matthew does a great job designing that. And so uh, we had the first one this uh, last week with Kira, but she just helped us you know, kick this uh, program off. So that's a due time off segment. A partner, new partner with us is Mountain Dew. We really appreciate that. That's what's coming up. Um, anyone want to take a guess what's coming out in a few months that will change your life or can change your life? Does anybody know this? God, you said this the other day. Mm, you remember. I remember you asking this question. I couldn't remember the. Uh, you should know this, Dale. 
Racing to the Finish Paperback Edition. <gasps> oh! <Yay. laughs> I don't know if we're supposed to start promoting this yet, but it's something I've been working on the past <laughs> couple of weeks. So the, Whatever. The, yeah, in a few months, the, the Racing to the Finish Paperback Edition will be coming out, but you can still buy uh, Racing to the Finish right now. It has really changed a lot of people's lives. Um, and we talked to Dr. Collins not too long ago, and so uh, he still gets a lot of new patients. Um, you guys, we got a TV show that's pretty awesome every Tuesday on NBC Sports Network. If you ain't watching or DVRing or at least attempting to watch and you suck, Brian doesn't lose sleep for nothing, boys and girls. That's right. So that's uh, 5 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays, 2 p.m. Pacific. And I'm going to end with a few Apple ratings and reviews. Boone EMA987 gave us five stars. Nice. And he wrote, I was dearly close to both of my mammals and have lost them both. Listening to last week's episode brought up so many memories, and I think it's awesome that Dale is close to his mammal Earnhardt. And after this episode, I have decided that I like Brenda even more. Dale Jr. and Amy need to take Isla to Mammals more. And now I am on the fence about liking Harvick. Ooh. Ooh. Ouch. Flying Ryan 64 gave us five stars and wrote, This show blows me away. (laughs) (laughs) Every guest is intriguing, and it's awesome to see the other side of Junior. I wish now I hadn't rooted against him all those years. (laughs) Yeah. Those are the best. I know, right? (laughs) Yeah. Right. Wait. I thought he was an asshole. (laughs) Joe, this is the last one. Joe from Virginia Beach gave us five stars and wrote, One of the best podcasts out there. You don't have to be a huge racing fan to enjoy the Dirty Mo Crew. Fun, down-to-earth, and entertaining. Mark my words. One day, I'm going to have a beer with y'all. Awesome. There you go. All right, guys. good stuff. That's that's great. Good stuff. Thanks for those reviews. They really mean a lot to us, inspire us, and motivate us to keep kicking ass. Let's hear some odd history. As we head into Watkins Glen this week, we turn back the clock to 1993. It was the Bush race at Watkins Glen. Todd Bodine was driving for Fiddle Faddle. What? Yeah, Fiddle Faddle. Fiddle Faddle. It was this, uh, I think it was like kind of like a caramel popcornish thing. Mm. Okay. Number 34 Chevy Lumina. Frank CC on the car. I remember him. Well, Todd had a handful, but it wasn't because of the race car. The car was on rails, and he came from 18th toward the front really quick. In fact, about midway through the race, he was chasing down Joe Nemechek for second, but then he lost both of his contact lenses. <laughs> Around lap 30, Bowdown lost contact lens number one. Then the second contact popped out under caution on lap 36. That was a bad six-lap span for Todd. But it wasn't as bad as the rest of the race. There were no more cautions, so he had to deal with the impaired vision because pitting for a pair of glasses would have cost him too much track position. He drove the final 25 laps without his contacts and ended up finishing fifth. Well, it still ex- explains a lot. <laughs> The driver, Todd Bedine, said it was a blind finish. We had a shot to win, but I couldn't see where I was going. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Is that the day you caught him a cue ball-headed fool? No, it wasn't. No, that was Colorado. <laughs> XP Colorado, right? We got an update on last week's odd history. Apparently, TNT had footage of the man that mooned Mayfield. We've never seen it. But word is that they handed the footage over to the police for evidence. It's got to be out there somewhere. We hope it surfaces. It's surfacing now. Look. A little birdie just sent us right now. A little birdie just sent us an undisclosed this. source video of the moon. There, you got to check this out, guys. Holy crap. Watch what he does when he gets to the wall. Oh, my heavens. No, he didn't. <laughs> Shake it like a Polaroid picture. No. He really did that. 
And then he ended up in the woods lost and had to build a fire. <laughs> no. We forgot about all that, you know. I, I mean, think that, that was moon. the other guy. Yeah. There was uh, a lot of guys hopping into the woods in Pocono. Wow. I could have gone without seeing that. I think that that was the one that ended up building the fire. No. For signaling for cop. No, that was another guy. That, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was there was like three guys that we highlighted. Yeah. A lot of crazies. A lot of nuts up in the northeast, I guess. Well, is that, that explains a, me. Is, it, is, that, is, that a, is that a pun? <laughs> On what? Never mind. <laughs> Guys, that was a fun show. Thanks for Chase Elliott uh, coming out here and joining us finally. You can find some good Chase Elliott autographed items mm. at Pristine Auction. Pristine Auction likes hearing me say authenticity. They mm-hmm. they make me say it a lot. Mm-hmm. And Mike? Memorabilia. Mike says that a lot. They like it so much. They like it so much that they keep coming back. Here's the deal. They're an authentic memorabilia website where you can bid and win great autographed items from the comfort of your home. I've signed for these guys. Their items are legit. Authenticity guaranteed. There are all types of auctions, including daily auctions and those speedy 10-minute auctions that I love so much. You can snag some incredible deals on there. We had Matthew pick up an item this week. What you got, Matthew? All right, I found a awesome 16 by 20 framed, yeah, not an 8 by 10 Dale, photo from one of my favorite movies, of, uh, of of all time, Slapshot, the hockey movie with Paul Newman. It's got the famed Hanson brothers sitting on the bench all bloodied up, and it's currently 20 bucks. Sometimes I wonder why I let you pick some of these items out. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? Hey, did you guys see what DBC did? Because, you know, they, they always bid on an item each week on, on their show. Saw a tweet about it. Brett Griffin is gone, so they bought or bid on and won a Clemson football that they're going to oh, put wow. on the t- uh, on pissed. the table. Oh, that is going to go it's go- flying. So good. <laughs> he literally said he's not going to do the show. Oh, so he knows about it. He knows about it. He, he said on Twitter, on Twitter he yeah. will not. He will do not the do the show. show. Got it. Good commitment out of that guy. <laughs> <laughs> go check out pristineauction.com now. It's free to register, free to bid, and of course, you only pay for the items you win. That's pristine auction. It's spelled P R I S T I N E auction. Okay, Junior Nation, we're going to depend on you guys when you register to please select the Dale Junior Download Podcast from the drop-down menu in the How Did You Hear About Us section. That's very important. Happy bidding to those with birthdays that are listening. Happy birthday. Oh, wait. (laughs) What is that? That's picking on you because you said happy birthday the other week instead of happy bidding, which is funny as hell. Happy bidding. And to those with birthdays that are listening, happy birthday. And be sure to join us next week on the Dale Junior Download. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.